You're listening to The Preppy Podcast, and I'm your host, Patricia May Olson. I'll be interviewing the brands, businesses, and influencers who are keeping the modern preppy lifestyle alive. Each Tuesday, I'll bring you a new episode, but if you're craving more preppy, then shop the merch and listen to past episodes at thepreppypodcast.com, and be sure to follow at The Preppy Podcast and me, Patricia underscore May underscore Olson on Instagram. Hello and welcome back to the Preppy Podcast, everyone. I am so excited. This week has lots of adventures. I'm headed to a podcast uh, conference this week and then the Southern Sea next week, which brings me to my guest, though, for this week as I met these two sisters behind Gray Hall Design at the Southern Sea last year, and I got to connect with them and just loved Gray's beautiful artwork, and I loved Paige and how they work together. Um, so I am interviewing this week, the sisters behind Greyhall Design, who are making the classic silk scarf modern with Gray's beautiful um, artwork on it. They're colorful. Uh, they have scarves for special places. Um, there's some chinoiserie ones, lots of animals. They're truly beautiful and can transform any outfit. Um, and like I said, I met them last year at the Southern Sea. So this is my usual plug for anyone uh, thinking about going to networking events or conferences or retreats. Highly recommend. There are so many that I love to attend. And I have a lot of you guys um, that I've met through those. Uh, and I've even had a lot of you message me or email me asking about conferences and events and if they're worth it. So I just want to let you guys know they are so worth it. Definitely check them out. But today I'm so excited to chat with Gray and Paige from Gray Hall Design. All right. So why don't you let everyone know who you are, where you live, and what you do? Excellent. Thank you. Well, th this is Gray Hall of Gray Hall Design, and I am a watercolor illustrator. And my sister Paige and I set out to make the classic silk scarf current and translate our watercolors into storytelling on silk and paper. And it truly is inspired by travel, nature, garden, imagination. And we are in the process of expanding our offerings to more home, fashion, and paper goods. So there's an exciting road ahead, and we couldn't be more thrilled to be here with you today. That's right. Hi, Patricia. This is Paige, and I work with Gray to drive product development and business development and have some back and forth as we develop concepts for the art and what she's painting. I love that. And, you know, we met originally at the Southern Sea, which we were talking about before I hit record. Uh, but last spring at the Southern Sea, we met and I fell in love with your designs. I love how, you know, you're taking something classic like a silk scarf and um, adding some some color and fun. And like you said, there's lots of your designs that incorporate places, which I love. You know, you have one for Paris that I think mm -hmm. is beautiful, but then also lots of animals. I'm a huge animal lover. Um, and I'm excited to see, you know, what the future holds with new products. Good. Thank you. Excellent. We have all sorts of ideas in mind and I know we'll get to that. And we yeah. love that you love color too, because that's such a key cornerstone to our designs as well. 
Yes, I think, I mean, I always joke that I could not live in a neutral house because <laughs> color just makes me so happy and it's like so cozy where I think some people it might be overwhelming to them, but me, it's like, I need that. It makes me feel warm and cozy and inspired. <laughs> We're the same it. way. They and I are different in our color approaches and what we are gravi- gravitate toward in our homes, but it's the same way. We both have color. Yeah. So I want to start from the beginning then, like I always do. Um, tell me a little bit about your childhood. Like, what were you both like as kids? Were, you know, one of you creative and one of you entrepreneurial? Um, like, what was it like growing up? Oh my goodness. Well, all this is gray and I'll just dive right in. So there was always a creative project going on, whether it was some twist of artistic um, intent to even a science project or who knows what. But I would say that so I would disappear for probably hours on end and find fabric remnants in our attic and begin just with no pattern. I mean, this was at a young age. I was probably eight and nine years old, just sewing Barbie doll dresses, Barbie doll ball gowns. And um, then I started at around that same time doing a lot of fashion sketches and even started selling those a little bit in the fourth grade. So that was probably just where you start to take on more of your own personality and your own interests start to take flight. You, in your quiet time in the house and after school, start to get a little bit creative. And so definitely the sewing and the fashion sketches have always been a key component to building my interests and hobbies. And this is Paige. We have... As Grace said, there was always something creative in our house, and our mom is a graphic designer by trade and always encouraged that with us. And I would always be rearranging my room, studying shelter magazines, even at a young age. And my grandmother received Town & Country magazine, and I studied those, everything lifestyle-oriented from clothing and how people might have worn a scarf or a bracelet or the way a chair had a special pin tuck in the upholstery. And so those are other things that Gray and I even talk about as we're developing special details with some future coming product. And so there was always a creative bent in our home. I love that. That sounds so fun growing up like that. Um, And I remember like the magazine days. I mean, obviously magazines still exist, but not like they used to. And I would always have a collection of magazines that I wanted to hold on to, like fashion magazines or home decor magazines and have a little stack of them constantly or tear out pages um, and pin them, you know, around my room. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. And Patricia, you might still, well, we've moved a few times and the magazines always go with us. And my husband's not so thrilled when they're so heavy to move, but I can't get rid of them because there's so much inspiration in all the pages. And even from, you know, it's years earlier, reference. it's yes, yeah. there's something so different to that medium. And then the torn paper for inspiration and style boards. And as we're looking at colors and just continual inspiration from the magazine tears. So those will never go away from our household. Definitely. No, I still subscribe to a lot. <laughs> yeah. Me too. So um, when it came time for college, um, if you attended then, where and what did you end up studying? Was it something, you know, that had to do with business or maybe something to do with art? I'd love to hear more about your guys' journey there. Yes. Well, uh, this is great. And I did follow in Paige's footsteps. I went to Miami University of Ohio and studied mass communication and marketing and thinking that that would be 
hopefully, again, your journey always evolves, but hopefully the sweet spot between an element of business and advertising with um, a bit of a more creative bent to business. Mm -hmm. And so that was primarily kind of my thinking as I entered that road. And growing up, we had always heard just these magical stories. And I really can't even say say tales because they were all real life, but they were so colorful and entertaining from our mom's travels, whether she was overseas in Ireland with a friend and they were lost in Ireland and the innkeeper's son came riding on horseback through the glens and over the fences, the stone fences to find them at dusk. And, or she was in Morocco and her suitcase was lost and she only had her wool skirt on that she was wearing to be riding a camel then during her her holiday. And so those colorful stories truly inspired me and Paige to take on an interest in travel at a young age. And so we also chose Miami, and I don't want to speak for you, Paige, but Miami was top on the list because they have a wonderful study abroad program Mm -hmm. in Luxembourg and then in London at Regents College. And so that was probably also what tipped the scale. So it gave me the opportunity to study abroad, travel, just kind of soak up the landscape, the architecture, the people, the culture across other parts of the world while I was still learning business, global business, and then a French and other communication classes. Mm-hmm. And this is Paige. As Grace said, I was a, am a year ahead of Gray, and I went to Miami, so she followed in my footsteps. I studied mass communication, but had an emphasis on the international side as I studied abroad for a year and then did an internship in London after that. So part of what translates to today is picking up back then even on European street style and how people would, even how men's ties evolved in the collars and the colors of socks, things like that, everything that was so different. And this is before the internet, for some of your listeners who, well, it was during the internet, but before Instagram and smartphones and all that. So you didn't have, so everything was new and you were absorbing everything in real time with your eyes in real life. So that multi-sensorial. Was, yes. yes. So that was always key. So we have a real appreciation for travel and that was part of our study in our education. Oh my gosh, that sounds so fun. Like, first of all, I love how you guys, it sounds like are very close, especially the fact that, you know, you went to study where your big sister went. Um, And I feel like Miami is like a little preppy destination college because there's a lot um, of fabulous businesses or influencers who went there. So I think that's really fun too. And it definitely feels like a touch of the East Coast with the red brick buildings. Yeah. That, stuck that, that iconic college the experience. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. I love that. So now, you know, you you have your degree, you got to study abroad too. What was your first career? Did What did you do with your degree then? So this is great. I'll just pop in. Um, so I started out my first job at Addicts International and it is a trade show booth design company. Mm-hmm. And it was very exciting to be able to develop take the brand with whomever the client was at the time. And I actually was assigned to the, to the fashion brands. So those were um, companies like Luxottica that has um, Gucci, other eyewear, oh, sorry, eyewear, more specifically eyewear okay. products for big fashion houses. And I would design the look and feel. So translate the brand equity into the trade show experience at all the touch points, whether it was the marketing pieces they could pick up, the aesthetic of the booth, and loved that experience. Um, but then I was continuing to want to learn more on the brand 
strategy side and actually switched companies and went to inner brand and worked on P&G brands there. So those would be the, a lot of household name brand products you might know, like Cascade or Dawn or Gain, Tide, Pampers. Um, and so what I loved about that experience was working with our chief creative officer at the time, it was Fred Richards, who's gone on to create his own agency now, but he taught me the foundational building blocks of design. So design language, color theory, typography, um, really understanding the value truly of magazine chairs. So there's a little bit of a, a pattern of circles here, um, but he would always start every Monday across every kind of magazine imaginable, all the creatives, and then some of the, the brand strategists would come in, do magazine tears, and you would look for inspiration that you could translate from one industry to another and just take some really cool aesthetics that would be new in a, a totally different brand space, but translate beautifully. And so that aspect, and then also learning from him about going to pencil to paper first, you have to solve creative challenges with sketching it out, thumbnails, really quick to before you even go to the computer to know, okay, the first range of designs are usually the most obvious. They're not always the smartest. They're not always the most creative or unexpected. And so you sketch and you get those out of your system. And then that's when you start to kind of uncover where the really brilliant synergies are or really interesting design parallels or something unexpected to celebrate the brand in a way that takes the ex equity to a new level. And so that process is actually something that I even borrow today when I go to sketch and design a totally new scarf. So um, it's really actually rewarding to look back on your career, your career journey and see where you've borrowed brilliance or learning to build your own personal story. Mm -hmm. I even love hearing Gray recount all of that and truly seeing it in her process today. I was not fully aware of all of that, of your background. So in this is Paige, I, my first career was with HGTV in the sales department and working in advertising sales and coming right out of school, there was a great, that was a great experience to really understand your audience and to target market to your audience when you're in a sales role. But beyond that, I'm jumping forward to share that I owned a lifestyle boutique brick and mortar in Cincinnati for a number of years. And then from that, I wanted a little bit more of a global experience from product development and sourcing and buying. So I went to work at Ballard Designs and I was the upholstery buyer merchant, really, we had a separate buying team. So I was in merchandising for Ballard for upholstery, rugs, drapery, pillows, traveled the world, working with factories, with sourcing and sketching and a lot that be pen to paper also for what our designs would be that then would be translated by the artisans around the world. Where this all comes is magazine tears again. All the magazine people will love us and the journalists, but truly <laughs> I have an archive of these and they have come up again and again. They made me successful with my brick and mortar store. They were successful as a part of Ballard's pro, uh, how Ballard did things and created product and where you as Graven said, typography, you look at how things evolve and change and what you can borrow that might be something wonderful that's lost in today's moment, but it's from a few years back and bring that back. Or as we even said, looking at fashion magazines, you take a dressmaker detail from a pleat and you put it onto your upholstery or your, or your drapery panel or your pillow. So there are aspects like that. Gray and I are always looking between fashion, home, 
and even nature outside, where's a ruffle, where's something like that to incorporate those things into our evolving designs. Oh my gosh, that sounds so fun. Both of your careers, like I think kind of mold you for what you're doing today then with with mm-hmm. that knowledge and you know the the travel there and um it, it sounds like it kind of led you to what you do today so I'd love to kind of hear about how you started Gray Hall Design then like when did you realize like you know we have a business idea here um we should do this together and were we have the skills sort of of course there's you know things you have to learn along the way when you start a business um but tell me about that initial moment of thinking this sure this is great and i will say before paige joined in in the very very early kind of first generation of gray all design i was painting wedding maps for sure and they would take 35 to 40 hours of wedding map and it was all it was years and years ago but it was all of the special kind of details of a courtship celebrated and watercolor vignettes and this total collage that would be very you know large in scale but um, I very quickly realized that um, if you if you translate your salary from a week of, of basically 40 hours for a wedding map, it just did not equate and you would probably cry. So <laughs> I thought very quickly, okay, what is scalable? This is not scalable. I love watercolor painting. What can I create that is something dynamic, that transcends time, that is... Um, something I want. I'll say that like something something I'm lacking in my life. And exactly. No, that's so perfect. And so Paige and I were discussing, because we always knew we, we both have this creative bent. We're very close. We would love to have a business together. And so that's when we kind of leaned into this love of fashion and wanted to evolve in something that could be mass produced. And we grew up with scarves that our mom had worn and kind of, again, the the flying golden air era in Atlanta when she worked for Delta and um, had those always close by to play with, to create, to dress up. Um, so that was always between our mom's scarves and our grandmother's scarves. We just always had that kind of historical tie to a love of those. But then when Paige and I graduated and we were entering the workforce, we of course aspired to have an Hermes, but it wasn't in our you know range of um, budget mm-hmm. at that point. And we wanted something a bit more special than off the rack of a mainstream department store. And so that's when we thought, why can't we just produce scarves and create? We, we know what details we love about it with the hand-rolled edge and that artisan detail and the draping of the silk. So we knew and what we wanted. the combination of colors that might be a little bit unique. Exactly. And really taking something that looks more hand, um, have that handcraft as attention to detail and that watercolor can bring more so than maybe even a graphic scarf. A lot of the scarves are developed in a different way where it's more graphic in nature and you have very defined lines of a start of a color and a stopping point of a color. And there's something really beautiful to watercolor where the colors can kind of blend and grade. And you have a spectrum of colors that occurs on a scarf that's very chameleon-like and you can throw it on 10 different outfits in your wardrobe and it looks just as beautiful with every single one. And so we thought, well, let's paint and do storytelling on silk. And that's how we really decided to start the process. 
Mm-hmm. And something that I love, this is Paige, is that we think that the scarf is the Swiss army knife in your wardrobe. There are multiple functions to it. I will tie it in a few knots and tie it around and use it as a necklace. And some people who don't know what to do with scarves, some people, for some people it's innate, you know how to throw it on, wrap it around. For others, you feel hindered and it just always sits in your closet. So what I tell those people is, We have some videos on our site and on Instagram to show how to tie it, but there's a way you can tie a necklace and then just hang it up with your other necklaces, never even untie it. So that way you always have a necklace to pull out. It might be your scarf, but being the Swiss army knife of scarves, I have worn it as a halter top with a long silk skirt to a black tie of it. And then I've also draped it around my neck with chilly weather under a puffer running, doing errands in your yoga pants. So what I love about a silk scarf is that it makes you look polished, but it's completely effortless. So we like to encourage people in your everyday to throw a silk scarf on. And I would just add, this is great. The the French figured this out pretty quickly. So Paige and I laughed because we were overseas in Paris and we were saying all the ladies look so chic. They, they step out of their apartments looking beautiful on the streets and they're in a black outfit, a gray outfit, a black outfit. It basically is the spectrum there. And we laugh because their closets are so tiny, but they look amazing when they walk outside and they do it with a scarf. And so that is kind of the chic, again, that timeless accessory that you can reinvent over and over again and make a very simple outfit look just polished and chic every single time in a new, fresh way. So to answer your question, that's how we launch. Yes. (laughs) I love how um, you pointed out that a scarf is like the Swiss army knife of accessories because I think that's so true and everyone wears them so differently and you can do so much with them. Um, And the other thing that I wanted to point out is, you know, you talked about being so inspired by your mom or your grandmother's scarf collection too. And I think there's something, you know, scarves are obviously modern and an accessory that's here to stay, but there's something nostalgic about scarves. Like when I think of a scarf, you know, I think back to the story of my grandmother saying that I used to pull scarves out of her handbag in the backseat of her car and asked, you know, if they matched my outfit. So I think everyone can kind of relate to that. You know, it's, it's a classic piece that kind of brings you back and, um, you know, makes you think of, of happy times. You're exactly right. As Grace said at the beginning, we set out to make the classic silk scarf current and that's what we done. Yeah. I love that. So, you have this idea. You obviously have the talent to um, make these beautiful designs on the scarves. But then what was like sort of the process to find how you're going to get them manufactured, how you're going to get them developed, um, how how you're going to sell them and get them to people? Can you talk to me a little bit about that process? Absolutely. And you, I'm sure uh, other listeners will appreciate this that have launched products there is so much research. There's so much prototyping around the world. I mean, you will look for manufacturers and search them, seek them out all over the world to find one that truly achieves the aspirational goal of quality that you want. And as an entrepreneur, it is an evolution. So it was many years in the making to find the quality that's at parity with Hermes, with, again, the weight of the soap, the the texture of it, the feel in your hand, the draping, and achieving that hand-rolled edge. And the very first generation did not have hand-rolled edges. And it was something I, I knew I wanted, but it You took, just have to start somewhere. You have to start also. somewhere. Yes. You just have to take the plunge and be brave enough to say, I'm just going to start putting this out there and getting a sense of 
What do people like about it? What do they respond to from the design storytelling that was happening and then continue to evolve the quality piece? And so um, it was labor of love in the sense of hours and years really of investing in Mm -hmm. testing out manufacturers all Mm -hmm. over the globe. And so, and seeing what their capabilities are, different, different, different manufacturers capabilities, if they could achieve what we wanted and the handled edge and the way the color process is. And there's a tolerance that we need to work within where you might have an A, B and C range of a color and other people who've been in manufacturing will, will know this and have experienced it. And the finished product that they ship to you has to pass quality control and fall within that color tolerance range, cannot be outside of it. And it's very tight, but all sorts of things like that, as you're testing different manufacturers, it is a long process to find yes. what will work And the first iteration never works. So exactly mm-hmm. because yeah. the water, these are where pieces of wearable art and people have to be drawn to them to choose to pull them out of a wardrobe and wear or to even select off of a website because that's very one dimensional. Mm -hmm. And so the color is so important. And so finding that manufacturer that can actually replicate the integrity of the watercolor art on silk time and time again, became the gold standard threshold for finding a partner that I could I could establish a long-term relationship with. And then really just moving straight on to web design and launching really with Instagram and a website was then getting eyeballs and exposure to start finding out again which designs maybe are leading designs and um and then where do you begin to build relationships to get more exposure to get your product seen by by others. Mm-hmm. So what, how long was that process, you know, from idea to having a product to sell and sort of when did you launch then officially? Um, so I would say that the process is, it. so it depends on the complexity of the designs. Mm-hmm. Um, launched maybe. Uh, Patricia, it was probably about 10 years ago. Okay. Um, so mm-hmm. it, for the, it was a, a little more for that was first iteration for the very okay. first gen. Yes. And so I would say about maybe five years ago mm-hmm. is when I was able to achieve the quality that we had been seeking. That was okay. like our mess. That we were very proud of. And then it yes. was full feet forward with website, e-commerce, Instagram, building all of that. And then now in more, as we get at ex- exposures, you're asking now in more recent years, everyone knows you're always jumping around and trying to figure out that in the Instagram algorithms, but there's a very real aspect. Yes. You understand that to relationships. And what something we've loved is that genuine relationships have come out of and friendships have come out of other people on Instagram. Yeah. And there's a genuine collaboration that, that we have found there. And that is truly a, an important part of, of exposure today. And mm-hmm. that's what I really see taking the brand kind of to the next level because it does give you that authentic opportunity to find brands that have a similar equity or an audience that shares a similar interest and and appreciation for um, our watercolors and our product to then do cross-selling in a way mm-hmm. um, with their brands and cross-promotion to get, again, more exposure to audiences that would love the product equally and just need to be made aware on both sides. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. I think, you know, Instagram's so important. Relationships are so important. Um, So what would you say 
the hardest part about what you do and the best part? Mm -hmm. I would say, this is Paige, the hardest part is partially what Gray just described, but would be the prototyping and new products Mm -hmm. and getting that idea to market when you're also in the midst of building what you have currently on your site and exposure and getting that into the hands of the right people who really will appreciate it and like it and so forth. So the hardest part would be developing, taking that time to develop new product, but it's so important. And then otherwise, some of the best part of what we've loved are some licensing and collaborations that have really come to life this past year, especially. Mm -hmm. We did We worked with Sea Island to create a proprietary scarf and designs that's available there, pocket squares, scarves, art prints, note cards, all sorts of things with grays, watercolors of their special iconic areas. And then we also partnered with a company called Smockingbird Clothing that does children's apparel and some mommy and me wear. And that was really exciting for some resort wear that is currently on sale on their, for sale on their site and pajamas, which are very fun. And then additionally, um, so those are some of the fun things. Collaboration-wise, we've worked with Banier, who's worked with all sorts of well-known artists as well around the country. And then we have some other things with jewelry lines coming up and then with some very, uh, some venerable clubs around the country. There's one in particular celebrating its centennial next year who has commissioned Gray to create a scarf for them. And so we have more things like that that we're really excited about for and that's one of the best things is some of these relationships that come out and people who seek Gray out because she has a very specific and unique hand and approach and eye to how her watercolors come together. And that's what's wonderful about every artist. Each artist's style is unique. Certainly. No, I saw um, the Sea Island design that you did on your Instagram, I think, and it's just so beautiful. I love that. Oh, thank, thank you. you. So who, speaking of collaborations, like who would be your dream to collaborate with, whether it's another brand or business or maybe an influencer, um, who would, you know, be some of your top picks for that? This is Gray. And Patricia, I enjoyed your podcast with CK Bradley so Mm -hmm. much. And I have to say that it would really be a dream to collaborate with her. I know we have a little bit of a difference down the sense of hers is more graphic and mine is more watercolor, but I do see something lovely coming together there if there were ever the opportunity. So with her beautiful silk cocktail dresses and um, skirts and ball gowns and such, I think that it could be um, just such kind of a, a little bit of magic there that would be amazing. And then Dear Eloise just does the most beautiful stationery and pieces that to do liners for their envelopes or even a, coll- a collection for Dogwood Hill would be just kind of you know, over the moon. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's for, from my standpoint, but Paige, I know you've got an answer too. I would love for great packaging for Aaron Lauder for fragrances mm-hmm. and candles to design some of that. So we each have some fun things in mind that are, that, who knows where, where this will take us. Yes. I love that. Especially the CK Bradley one. I feel like that definitely has to be done. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> so if you weren't doing this, what do you think you'd be doing? Oh my goodness. I, this is great. I, I really feel like this is kind of the dream because it's a way to bring art, which I feel like, you know, before Instagram and social media, there was more of a stigma of the starving artist and it's so hard to break in. But now with the internet, I truly feel like the world is opened up in a way where 
artists have an opportunity to actually be very successful business people. Mm-hmm. And I, this is kind of the sweet spot where I get to do art, which I absolutely love painting and fashion design, but also um, have an opportunity to be an entrepreneur, which is kind of an aspect um of our, our family bent as well. So the, where I, I would say right now, I'm absolutely just like loving this. This is kind of the, the heyday of exciting things I would dream of, but I would continue the dream and envision expanding to do more fashion pieces. And we have a vision for more expanding the baby collection and home decor and really taking the designs to the next level of um, where they can be scaled because we have this amazing library of watercolors, uh, almost everything under the sun. And they translate so beautifully to all different industries, products, uh, media. So taking that, making them available in storytelling fashion kind of across the spectrum would be really kind of just the end goal aspiration. Yeah, make it a complete lifestyle. Yes, mm-hmm. you got it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. This is Paige. I don't have much to add either. It's so fun to work together and take things from all each of our backgrounds that we've discussed and how it kind of is a perfect medium and mixed together. But I'll just I'll just do Paige's horn for a moment because you are underselling yourself just such that. But Paige has the most phenomenal a pulse on trends mm-hmm. to be just kind of, again, that step ahead. So literally the ideas that she's blushing over here, the ideas that, um, that she has to take the product to the next level to her roadmap for our product design is really pretty exciting. So, um, be on the lookout for what's ahead, but, uh, it's, it's very, it's well, very fun you. to learn from where she's seeing in kind of almost like a, a future crystal ball of the next thing that we can tap into and borrow brilliance from, even if we do it in a little bit of a different way with our current offerings. I love that. And I love you guys like your energy together. You guys seem to really enjoy um, working with each other and just being around each other. And so I love seeing that and hearing that, you know. Thank you. We do. (laughs) Now, what would you say is the best seller piece? Um, And then I want to hear each of your personal favorites that you offer. Uh, Yeah. One, the, the, man, okay. There, this is great. They're about three that perhaps continue to fight for the lead um, from a design concept standpoint in from sales perspective. Okay. So the Africa birds is always just so that one just rises at the top continually. No pun intended with and birds. Um, <laughs> and there are three colorways. There's an ivory, an orange, it's spectacular. And anyone who hunts ladies like this, because it's that hunting color that's out there in the field. So that's where you stand out when you need to. But then also there's a black one that I think is absolutely fabulous and chic. So which colorway gray of those? Probably the ivory because Mm -hmm. ivory is, I I call it a universal neutral, even though it has every color under the sun. sun. (laughs) within the bird but the ground is ivory um and the the scene just to set it set the scene for your listeners is um a silhouette in 
kind of pewter and gray tones of the horizon of an acacia tree with a family of elephants and giraffes on the horizon. But then out of the tree comes all these African birds and butterflies in living color that kind of swirl around um, in a really beautiful way. So that from a fashion perspective, anytime you tie it, it's oriented correctly to be upright. Um, so that the African birds safari scene always does amazing. And then I have to the chinoiserie in the jungle and chinoiserie in the sea. And um, I love just whimsy and imagination. And so to set the scene of the jungle version, you have pagodas that are kind of, you can, you're peeking through this flora and fauna vegetation of green leaves to see these green and blue pagodas kind of in the distance. And the bridge to chinoiserie land is guarded by a, a cheetah and a monkey. And it just kind of creates this really special scene that invites you in. And then there's the good luck beetle in the center and this bamboo frame. And it just is really beautiful. And then in contrast to that, the chinoiserie in the sea is I was thinking, well, why can't you have a pagoda under the sea with this right. utopia, <laughs> utopia of ginger jars and coral and tropical fish swimming around and this beautiful world? And so that one is pinks and oranges. Oh, I love that one's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Mine too. I love it. Oh, is that your favorite? Oh, oh, so, the, yeah, or Gray, what's your favorite? Oh, man, my absolute favorite. Oh, shoot. That's hard. Um, I. I do pull out time and time again, the chinoiserie in the sea. I do. Mm-hmm. I love that one. Mm-hmm. It goes with so much. They all do. The- my favorites rotate. It kind of is based on whatever I'm pulling out of my closet. So if I tend to go yes. toward blues or periwinkles or so forth, I like the Georgia peach that we did in collaboration with Banier. Mm-hmm. There are gorgeous, luscious peach tones, but then there are brush strokes of blue in it. And I find that in the winter months, if I'm pulling out a lot of navies and periwinkles, that actually brightens things up a lot. And then I also love the Paris scarf. I don't pull it out as much, but it's just the right pewter color, the colorway that I have. But if any of your listeners go to Paris, what we love is our Paris scarf comes in several colorways, pink, pewter, a periwinkle and an ivory. And it's oriented like a map of Paris with all the icons and the river and so forth. So if you actually are in Paris walking around, you can get a sense of where you are based on looking at your scarf and use that as a little bit of a map. So we like that one too. That's so fun. The Paris, uh, my favorite are definitely, I love the chinoiserie. I love the Paris. Um, And like I said earlier, I love the dogs just because I'm a dog person. Well, I have to, do you mind if I just tell you a quick story about the dog one? Uh, It was, I was very honored when a woman wanted to gift one of the scarves, uh, the dog scarf to a Westminster dog judge. And I studied these dogs for hours because each one I wanted to capture its personality and how you do that in a snapshot of a watercolor can be so challenging. And how many breeds, Gray, there were on t- this scarf? 29 different dogs on the scarf. So I, I have to tell you, Patricia, by the time I studied all of them and painted them, I wanted one of each, but that may not have gone over so well in our household. But um, so the the scarf was gifted to this Westminster dog judge and the gal happened to be there at the time when she opened it and she was blown away. She kept turning the scarf. It made it back to you. The lady who gave it to her told you the story. Yes. Yes. She told me because she was so excited. She said, she looked at each dog and said, this is it. She got it. She got it. 
these are their personalities. And that was literally just like the cat's meow. (laughs) And just like cats and dogs, they can't be friends. And um, that just hearing that feedback is so rewarding because each of these, there's so much attention to detail and studying going on to bring each piece to life. And so that was a thrill. That was a thrill that she loved it. Definitely. No, it's a, it's such a cute print. Uh, since this is the preppy podcast, I always ask everyone, what does preppy mean to you? So how would you guys describe preppy? Well, this is great. And I would describe preppy as if I'm speaking for a moment about aspirational preppy, mm-hmm. that just kind of the special occasions of riding a crisscraft or wearing a cocktail or um, when you're headed to a cocktail party on maybe the Upper East Side wearing a charm bracelet, all of that just kind of is just like aspirational, like quintessential preppy. But mm-hmm. I love the fact that you can bring a touch of preppy every day into your world. And so I think a touch of that polish every day is adding a driving mock to your outfit. If you're putting your silk scarf through your belt loops of your jeans and tying a bow at the end, um, or if you're wearing your signet ring. So again, just that kind of really a classic touch of polish every day and just even a small way brings an element of preppy that just has a really beautiful aesthetic when you walk out the door. Mm -hmm. And this is Paige. I would say there's a spectrum of preppy. I think it can vary a little bit by geography, but what is true and the common thread is transcendent through time. And I think about a pair of bean boots that I brought to Ohio that I've had for a decade and throw on bean boots and a fisherman's sweater. And that looks good no matter what decade you're in. But then I also think about my grandmother would wear at Christmas time, a long wool plaid skirt and a black turtleneck. And I would wear the exact same thing today actually, but put on a fabulous big pair of earrings. And she just had a little pair of gold ball earrings. So I think there's something transcendent to where is that thread of consistency through decades and how can you just freshen it up just a little bit for your personal style and era yes I love the personal style piece add your touch yeah that's a great answer I do I agree with that add your touch to it add your flair um but it's something that you know it it's always classic almost mm-hmm. yeah now you two sound like world travelers so I'd love to hear where your favorite places to travel to are Oh, I well, I, I'm going to borrow Paige's seasonality answer to the scarf question. So um, I absolutely love Capri and the Amalfi Coast. It is magic. We literally, when we went there with girlfriends, we called it magic hour because it just glowed and it smelled of jasmine when you went up the funicular to the town center in Capri. And it's just amazing on the water. But in the winter, going skiing at San Moritz. So we haven't said there. I, I haven't been to San Marcos yet. That's on the list. Um, right. And to see Polo on the lake when it freezes over too. Right. Goodness. Oh, I would say I love going to Paris time and again. I've been there for yeah. work and for fun and for study. But um, so that's always a favorite winter or springtime. You will see a lot of the destination themed scarves are literally coming out of inspiration from having traveled to these fabulous places because you learn, you just have an, a, a different opportunity to absorb the beauty, the terrain, the culture. Like I would say with your Capri scarf, you incorporate the jasmine into it, yes. incorporate the various tiles and the lemon and even the texture of the lemon and how you, your brush strokes come out in the painting. So 
if people who study these will see the storytelling and little details in the actual art piece of these scarves too. And they also are beautiful framed and hung too. Yes. We've worked yeah. with a lot of designers too. And something that we like to tell people, Patricia, is that for many of the designs, we have a pocket square or a bandana size, and someone might not have a big wall to frame a 38 inch square scarf, but frame a pocket square bandana. It's that different media on your, on your wall to add to your mixed media. It's that different medium of art on your wall in a smaller size. Oh, that brings up a point is that our scarves, almost all of them are 38 inch square. And that is different from the standard 36 inch square of a lot of other scarf manufacturers. And we really think those extra two inches give you more, more drapeability, more that you can wrap it around your neck, tie it as a halter top. It gives you so many more options, tie it as an actual bow and not just a knot around your waist. Those extra two inches make it really versatile. Oh, I love that detail. I did not know that. And I definitely could see yes. that being useful. Like you said, um, yes. you get some more, some more length to tie as a belt or as a halter. Um, that's so smart. Mm-hmm. Good. Now, what's each of yours favorite food or drink? Mm-hmm. Oh, um, so this is gray. And I would say the current cocktail that I'm enjoying is the French 75. And from a food perspective, I think the perfect evening would be um, at, a, at a cocktail party with hors d'oeuvres. So you can try a little bit of everything. <laughs> I think that sounds like a fun way to do dinner and drinks. <laughs> and this is Paige. I, my current favorite during this cooler time of year as we're recording around the holidays is putting a splash of eggnog in my coffee with a dash of orange extract. Yes. Oh, that's fun. Yes. A little bit different. That's what we'll say. I love a French 75. That's one of my favorite cocktails too. (laughs) Nice. Um, Where's somewhere that you can share with listeners to check out for uh, business advice or maybe inspiration? For inspiration, I would say a couple of areas. So one, get out your magazines and flip through and tear, tear things that inspire you and um, begin there. But I also say for look around the nature and the world around us is just absolutely so beautiful. And if you do take a moment to stop and zoom in on the detail, there's such an appreciation that can be enjoyed. So um, for example, we say, you know, all the time nature is is one of the cornerstones of inspiration for our designs. And I love this example of a daffodil. If you look at the trumpet of a daffodil, the edge of the petal is the most beautiful ruffle. And I love seeing how nature translates to the runway. You will see the way the cuff of a blouse has this beautiful ruffle edge or the neckline has a beautiful ruffle edge. And I truly believe there's so much out there on the fashion runway that truly comes from nature or from tropical fish. The color combinations on tropical fish are just mind-blowing and gorgeous, or the patterning of the stripe on the fish, or even the print of an animal in the wild. It is so beautiful, and you'll see that come out in our design, but I would just encourage your listeners to just take a moment, and even in just some of the simplest things around you, if it's the on an amaryllis this winter, or if you're looking at those, if you're growing it in your kitchen window, the little bit of shimmer on the petals 
is so beautiful. And that inspires so much product design. If you even think about body wash that has mic in it, that has this beautiful shimmer or whatever it might be. So we take a lot of inspiration from nature and, and the world around us. And what I, this is Paige. What I like to add is you might have been thinking, Patricia, from a like as business advice or inspiration, as you said, but we take this to, as Grace said, when she's creating art. And I also like to look at your environment and look at nature. So you'll have a rough, uh, something rough and tree bark in nature right next to a really beautiful flower. So I like to incorporate this in my home. So for instance, I have a gnarled burlwood bowl that I put nuts in on my bar right next to a sterling cocktail shaker. So where you find a little bit of polish next to some, something rough and you get that juxtaposition of textures that in someone's home can give a little bit of interest, whether it's on your bar or bookshelf or coffee table. And that's a way where I look for inspiration for outside to bring the outdoors in. I love that. I love the, the mixture there of the, the glam with the rustic. And, um, I think that's always beautiful, that balance. Now, what is next for you guys? Any sneak peeks? I know you said you're working on um, some new products and some new collaborations, but anything you can share? We we are. We have some things. We're working on a few capsule collections. The most recent one that we did, this isn't a sneak peek. It's a current peek for people who aren't familiar, but we did a limited edition capsule collection of taking vintage mink furs and we made them into scarves and we lined them with our silk twill scarves. So we made them into fur scarves and neck warmers lined with our silk twill. So that was a little small capsule. We might do it again next year. And then we have so so we have a few other little mini blips coming up. We're finalizing some production. So we're not ready to say what those products are, but some of those coming up and then otherwise, as I had mentioned, some partnerships with some venerable clubs around the country and those things will be available to members only those clubs but we like to tell people we're available if they're if you have a special club or an organization coming up wonderful things like that and then otherwise jewel go ahead Greg with some oh, of the all other I was going to add is we are expanding our wholesale yes um account so we love our current wholesalers they're amazing and we are looking to expand that footprint in 2023 mm-hmm. so we've got plans on the books to make that happen and make a splash and then jewelry with licensed artwork on it and storytelling in these beautiful enamel like bracelets yes thank you so that's launching in January at market um and expanding our also just, um, I have a, a million ideas and some are all so close to launch for scarves that we offer on our line, um, on our, sh- right. on so our new designs as well. There. So new designs. But also we're looking at some upholstery grade fabric options that we can do. And so really expanding the category. So it does begin to encompass a lifestyle. And you will be seeing um, on-demand fabric by the yard coming, which is pretty oh. exciting. That's so exciting. Oh my gosh. I cannot wait for, you know, the future of your brand and business and to watch you guys grow even more than you already have. Um, Thank you. Now, my final question is where can everyone find you? For those who aren't familiar, let them know your website URL and your social media handles um, and anything else you want to share. Excellent. Well, we would love to connect with your listeners on Instagram at Gray Hall Design, one word, and Gray is with an E, Gray Hall Design. And that it's just as easy for the website because it's www.grayhalldesign.com. Mm-hmm. And, and we are the ones responding to the messages. So it's very, yes. 
family business here and small and we love it. We love the relationships we built and connecting and interacting with people who, who love what we have. And it's very humbling. Awesome. Well, thank you ladies so much. This was so great learning more about your business. Oh, Patricia, we love what you've built and it's been so fun to chat with you. Absolutely. This has been such a privilege. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Preppy Podcast. I hope this put a little prep in your step for the day. Please subscribe, rate, and review on wherever you listen to your podcast and follow along with at the Preppy Podcast on social media.